Hi everyone, and welcome to Happy Paws, presented by FearFreeHappyHomes.com. Happy Paws is a podcast by pet lovers for pet lovers. We take a scientific and evidence-backed approach to helping you understand your pet on a deeper level. On this episode, we're excited to be joined by Tori Mystic, canine enrichment expert and the creator of Wear Rag Repeat, a multimedia brand focused on helping women live their best life with dogs. We discuss enrichment tips, secrets to keeping your dog happy, and how to create a busy box on the cheap. Tori, my friend, I am so excited to be able to have you here today. You are the queen of dog enrichment is what I think of when I think of you. Wow. Thank you so much. That's really kind of you to say. I mean, you're the queen of so many things, dog, so I feel like (laughs) This is like a royal podcast, basically. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, and your dogs are stars, too. Tell us a little bit about your dogs, because I think if you look anywhere on your page, on your socials, you have two chocolate labs that are featured all the time, and I'm sure they have their fan club of their very own as well. Yes, I have two chocolate labs named Bert and Lucy, and they are the inspiration behind everything that I do. So they are very prominently featured across my blog and my social media and and everything that I do. And since they are Labradors, they're also really great at testing out all the different games and recipes and stuff that I come up with. Um, And so, like I said, they're both 11 years old and they're both chocolate labs, but they are not related. They're not litter mates. Um, I've had Lucy since she was a puppy, and then Bert I rescued when he was about six years old as a senior special needs rescue who'd been in the shelter for over a year. <laughs> so he was um, he was just kind of waiting there for us, I guess, um, because he fits in perfectly with our family. So we're really lucky to all be together now. It does seem like dogs have a way of doing that, of just waiting like I think of that with our dog, Nova. I'm like, how did she not get swept up before? She's just such a great dog. Yeah, Bert is so great too. And I I sometimes say to him like, man, why don't you pick up the phone and call me sooner? Because I would have come here and gotten you. I just didn't know. <laughs> well, I love that you have two labs that love to test out and all of the different things that you're doing for enrichment and your, your lab dogs right there. And I love all of the ways that you feature enrichment and you make it practical and really inexpensive too. I think that's really one of the the myths that I encounter. And maybe I'd love to hear if you encounter that as well, but sometimes people are resistant to doing it because it maybe seems really expensive or time consuming. And I love that you have some really easy ways to do it and ways that are very inexpensive. Absolutely. One of my biggest philosophies about canine enrichment is that enrichment should be easy and it should be cheap. Um, And of course, you can spend lots of money and you can have a whole closet stacked up with every conceivable enrichment toy. And I do like seeing those when people share them on TikTok or whatever. Um, And I and I kind of I I have to admit, I kind of got into all those toys like the lick mats and the topples and all of that because I have sort of an artistic background and I loved doing those, you know, topple artwork basically where you're creating like a sculpture out of whatever you're stuffing into your topple. And I did buy like the little tiny letter molds and I was spelling my dog's names out in yogurt and putting them on the topple. And 
I don't really do that anymore because um, I just I felt like on social media it was just becoming a little intimidating to people. Like you'd said, people thought, "Ugh, I I can't do that, so I'm just not going to do this at all." Uh, and I kind of had this just light bulb moment of you know we needed to embrace the ugly topples, <laughs> or sometimes I call them a dump topple, like a dump cake, where you just like dump in a bunch of things. It doesn't have to be pretty. I literally kind of clean out the vegetable and fruit scraps in my refrigerator and shove them in the topple. And, um, you know, we just, we make it easy. We make it fun. It might not be super pretty, but the great thing is that my dogs do not care at all if it is pretty. (laughs) So, um, and the, and the fact that it's like happening period, um, you know, so even if it can't be pretty, one of my friends, uh, Cassandra, who runs the sunshine dogs, she, uh, lives near me here in Pittsburgh and she had this great hack for taking a lick mat and a banana and you just take like a whole just fresh peeled banana, put it on the lick mat and then you kind of fold it over like a taco and just smoosh and it kind of like turns into this instant mush and it fills in all the nooks and crannies and it takes literally five seconds to do. And you could freeze that. that and make it last longer or you could just give it right like that. And I love things like that because it makes mm-hmm. enrichment accessible and easy for people. Absolutely. And that's so important because, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, it's hard to even find time to really get good food for myself, for my daughter, when I'm thinking about my dogs. And it's it can be really hard. So that making it easy is yes. so I mean, m- my dogs usually have like frozen raw patties I've defrosted and then put in something or whatever. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there just eating a bag of peanut butter stuffed pretzels or something. <laughs> so they they usually do <laughs> eat better than I do. <laughs> actually, I can so relate. I am actually the worst cook in the world. Like I literally could be on the worst cooks in America. But the problem is on that show, you have to get better with time. And I don't, I can't count on my own abilities to actually improve. Like I am really bad, but I would say I'm actually pretty good at creating some good dog food puzzles and enrichment. It's just, that's where my interest lies. So my attention is so much better in that area than it is for myself. So it's, I I can totally relate with that feeling. It's so funny that you mentioned like reality cooking shows because one time I auditioned for Nailed It (laughs) with a dog. Like I just submitted a video. I didn't like go in person or anything, but I submitted a video making a dog birthday cake. And I was like, you should have like a dog mom baker on the show. It'd be such a great (laughs) storyline. Oh, I love that idea. No, I, I think that that's so cute. It, it is funny, like where your attentions lie. And, and for me, it's just so fulfilling to be able to just see my dog so excited. Like that's her favorite time of day is the frozen food puzzle time. Like we have in the morning, they usually get their their food in either a, a food puzzle that they move with their paws. It's more of a movable one. Or sometimes a slow feeder bowl is usually the morning. And then later in the afternoon, that's when they get their frozen food puzzle and I'll spend, you know, it's like the Sunday prep time meal prep. I'll actually prep my my dog's food puzzles. And sometimes I'll do that for a couple of weeks ahead of time. And so it's kind of nice. They have their little freezer, pull it out, and it's just easy for me to deliver. And oh my God, they just get so excited. So it makes it fun. And I know I'm enriching their lives by doing that. 
Yeah, exactly. I love prepping stuff too because in like as the week gets going, it just gets so hectic. Like even just this afternoon, I reached into my freezer and I was like, oh no, <laughs> we're all out of stuff, pre-stuffed toys. So they got a bully stick yes. instead. Um, so don't worry. They did not – they never go without. Um, they always get something. But um, prepping the stuff, it does make it so much easier later in the week to make sure that the dogs have something fun to do. So one thing I really like is you talk a lot about having a busy box, which is all about using what you already have on hand. Can you describe that process and what that might look like for someone with their dog? Absolutely. So this is one of my favorite canine enrichment things. It is the most popular post on my blog. It's my most viral Pinterest pin. Uh, Everyone loves it because it's basically turning your trash into a dog toy. And you can't get cheaper than that, folks. So before you take <laughs> before you take your cardboard boxes and your yogurt containers and your little berry containers and egg cartons, before you take all that stuff out to hopefully recycle, um, I want you to turn it into a dog toy. And so basically, I take all those different containers, different sizes. Some have lids, some don't. It's just kind of a mishmash. I even use like um, packing paper that's left over. I I don't use anything that's plastic. So um, I'm going to use plastic yogurt containers, but no plastic bags or anything like that. No bubble wrap. Um, Keep that away from the dogs. But anything that's, that's paper packaging, I'll get this stuff all out. My basement looks a little bit like a hoarder basement because I just throw all the containers down there. And then usually the night before recycling pickup, I go down there and I collect an assortment of things and the dogs know it's happening and they get so excited. And I just get their regular portion of dry food. Uh, I don't think this would be great with wet food. So I get their portion of dry food and I just sprinkle a little bit of it in each box and you can nest the boxes together, kind of like a Russian nesting doll kind of thing. Um, or you can leave them all separate. Sometimes I'll do that and I'll distribute the boxes and the containers all around my yard or all around the house so the dogs have to kind of do a scavenger hunt and an unboxing. Um, So there's so many different ways that you can do this. Uh, You can even put in some of their toys. You could take a Kong or something and put some food in there and put that in one of the boxes. So there's really, there's no limit to what you can do. And it's it's kind of ruined me because when I walk around on garbage day and I see everyone throwing away these perfectly fine boxes, I just want to tell them like, you know, you could let your dog play with these first um, because it's, it's just so great for the dogs. They get to kind of solve a puzzle. So it's a little bit of like cognitive enrichment. They get to use their noses, um, so they're using their wonderful sense of smell. Uh, and then in addition to that, depending on your dog and the types of containers you use, they can do a little bit of like shredding with their teeth or digging with their paws. And those are all things that dogs just instinctually love to do, and it's very fulfilling to them. Oh my gosh, you talked about the packing paper. I think that's like my dog's favorite thing in the world. And actually, I I love working with miniature pigs and miniature pigs love that too. Like to just be able to root around and it's like they get the instant zoomies on that. It's so exciting. So there's like just that element of fun and exploration. And I love that idea of hiding some of their other toys in there too. So there's so much to unpack and 
I, I think we may have mentioned it, but supervise your pet when they're doing this. But if they're supervised, it, it does create this like fun exploration type of activity. Yeah, definitely supervise them for their safety. But I also tell people that you should kind of almost participate in this a little bit because it will bring you so much joy. So if you can get five minutes of joy of watching your dogs do this, like their tails will be going and they're running around. And especially when I kind of put the boxes around the yard, they just get so pumped about it. And they're always like, trying to make sure that that they get the food before before Lucy or Bert does vice versa. Um, don't worry, they all get the right amount, but <laughs> it's just like really fun <laughs> for me. Like I it's it's calming and it brings me so much joy just to watch them having fun. So um supervise for safety, but also supervise because it's going to improve your mood as well. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I, th- I think one of my favorite DIY the recyclable types of, of food puzzles that we've created is using just a milk carton. And then you can either like cut a hole in the bottom or just have it kind of tipped upside down and just tying a rope to it. And uh, we could, we actually held it with our hand, but you could tie it up to something and just having some treats in there. So they have to move it around with their nose or with their paws. And oh my God, that was by far the favorite food puzzle that we created. And it was such a hit that That's we actually kept idea. it on hand for, for months. Yeah, it was it awesome. Sounds it sounds almost great. like a pinata kind of. It is. Yeah. Like a puppy pinata. <laughs> yes. And, and there are modified versions too that you can do for your horse, for instance. So horses get super bored. And I love that there's so much more enrichment for horses now. My horse Chili, when I was having him stalled before he got to go up to my parents' place where he has so much more uh, room to roam and to be with his horse friends. But when I had him in a smaller area in Seattle, oh my gosh, I was always having to think up different food puzzles and they have they're starting to create more for horses, but there's really not a lot out there. So sometimes you have to get really creative and and sometimes the ones that you make on your own actually can be the most successful. Yeah, I agree. When I bet for horses, like the scale of the games and the toys would need to be so big, but you just made mm-hmm. me think also that a lot of these things could be used for cats as well. I think that cat yes. enrichment is also kind of growing. It's definitely behind the mm-hmm. dog stuff, but I'm starting to see a lot more of that pop up too. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I, I think one of the easiest things you can do if your pet is new to this is even doing something like feeding them their food out of an egg carton. So, but you know, and, and just the base of it. So rather than just having one food bowl or one, one basic bowl, they have multiple little areas that they can search with their paws, with their nose and pull food out of there. And a lot of times we'll actually use that in the morning for their slow feeder bowl. So we I love can that. Reuse those things. Yeah. It's yeah. Awesome. Or a, a muffin tin is like a similar kind of concept. Um, and another thing that that you can do if you, if you're just kind of like utilizing what you have on hand is if you have like a clean bath mat that's maybe like a fluffy bath mat or that has like those little microfiber kind of like nubby bits, you know, um, you can sprinkle their food on there and it's kind of like a little cheater snuffle mat. (laughs) Yes. And speaking of snuffle mats, I love your version of a snuffle mat that is inexpensive. And I would love to be able to link to that on this episode because that's another great way to encourage your pet to use their nose, to use their mind, to really 
it's called contra freeloading where they want to work for their food versus being handed free food isn't nearly as fun or fulfilling for our pets. So can you talk a little bit more on that idea of scavenging and working for your for your food and why that is so fulfilling? Yes, absolutely. So like you said, dogs, they actually do love to scavenge uh, and, and work for their food. And it's just very instinctually fulfilling for them. Like just think about any dog who loves to sniff around in the grass or in the brush or in the sand or where wherever it is, whatever kind of environment you live in, they love to do that. And so, um, you know, we don't always want them digging in the dirt and the sand and all that kind of stuff. So there are some alternative ways that we can kind of take advantage of this scavenging instinct and and give them this kind of gift of being able to use their special senses. Um, and so I do have a great video that you can link to about how to make a DIY snuffle mat for, you know, like I think it's like under $8 or under $6, depending if you make the big or the little one. But I basically have made an updated version of this. Originally during COVID, when we were like locked down, I made one on cardboard backing because that's all I had around. And I just cut up an old fleece blanket, punched a bunch of holes in a piece of cardboard, and there was our snuffle mat. Um, But the problem with cardboard is it got a little bit grody (laughs) over time, and we couldn't wash it really. It would probably disintegrate. So I made an updated version using a sink, a rubber sink mat from the Dollar Tree that costs $1.25 and some fleece strips that I just got at the fabric store. And you just kind of loop them all through here, and it makes this fleece. It's almost like grass sticking up, but it's all fleece strips. And so I sprinkle the dog's kibble in there. And what's really nice about it, for, for especially for me and my dogs, is that if I give them a like a plastic or a wooden or any kind of hard puzzle that has like little doors and things, they go at it with their paws and they pretty much like destroy those things. <laughs> They're just a little intense and a little aggressive with it. With the snuffle mat, they really have to use their noses and their snouts and just kind of like nudge around and it's um it kind of it kind of forces them to slow down um because flinging it around with their paws isn't really going to do anything. Um so they slow down. If you have a dog who's a fast eater, it's wonderful for that. So they're not inhaling their food as fast. Um but it just also taps into that sniffing instinct and the scavenging instinct and there are many many studies out there that show that dogs get more satisfaction from finding their food, hunting down their food, rather than just being given the same exact bowl every single meal. Very well said. I I also really liked digging into your Kong filling hacks. And one that I thought was cool was, so at the very end of a Kong or a lot of, of other dog food puzzles, there is an area that like a little hole. So that way there isn't that suction that's created, which can be a choking hazard for pets. But sometimes with that little hole can also come some leakage of, especially if you're using anything more liquidy, it can kind of seep out of there and get kind of gross. But one hack that I thought was so cool was your take on using coconut oil. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yeah. So... I love using coconut oil for this because one, my dogs love to lick it. It's tasty. But two, it's clear. Uh, So if they're eating inside, I'm not worried about getting peanut butter everywhere or anything else messier. I'm sure we could think of some really messy things to use. Um, 
But so for Kongs and for topples or anything from soda pop or any of these kind of rubbery toys that you get, you're right. With with the Kong, I think there is a risk of the suction kind of buildup as your dog is kind of sticking their tongue in there and it's in their mouth. Um, you want to make sure that the hole at the other end uh, isn't permanently obstructed because it can create that suction. With other toys, like I really like the topple a lot because it has that wide mouth. It has a hole in the front, but I think that hole is for different purposes. Um, there's just not as much of a risk of the suction issue with it because of the wide mouth. But with the with the Kong, with all of these things, I love to stuff the hole with coconut oil and then pre-freeze it. And you don't have to freeze it as long because coconut oil's melting point is much lower or higher or however that goes. It, it freezes very quickly. So you can pre-stuff the hole with coconut oil and stick it in the freezer for like an hour or less than an hour and then go back in with what other kind of like liquidy or semi-liquidy fillings that you have. And what's great is that the coconut oil will melt almost immediately when your dog starts licking it. So that hole will open up and um, keep the toy as something safe to play with. Um, It's also tasty. Coconut oil also uh, has benefits for like dental health and all that kind of stuff. So it's a great little safe ingredient to add in there. It's not going to stain your carpet. Um, There's just a lot of great reasons to use it. And it enables you to block that hole without having to buy, you know, they sell special things to kind of like block little plastic doodads to block the hole. You don't have to buy something. You could just use coconut oil. I love that. Another thing I really like is your take on the different steps to filling a Kong or other food puzzle. So you talk about step one is a tantalizer, step two, dessert, step three, main course, step four, appetizer. Can you talk about that and how this layering technique is used when you are filling a food puzzle? Yeah, absolutely. So this really applies to anything that's like that's kind of deep, like the Kongs and the Topples and the soda pup toys and all this kind of stuff that we were talking about. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of other things. And you could apply this to lick mats. I mean, you could do this with with, with anything. Um, and I have to give a special shout out to the Palm Springs Animal Shelter. Uh, I was actually in Palm Springs for a blogging conference that was not related to pets at all. And I organized a group of people to take a field trip to the animal shelter there. <laughs> because I'm the dog lady everywhere I go. So we had to go to the animal shelter and they let us volunteer and stuff Kongs for them for an afternoon. And they had this wonderful chart in there that kind of explained this concept of putting the tantalizer in the bottom, which is something I'd never really thought of before. But if your dog is maybe new to these types of toys or isn't as insanely food motivated like my dogs are, (laughs) it's really good to put the tastiest, most desirable, smelliest, yummiest, whatever thing at the very bottom of the Kong. So for example, if you have some raw food, if your dog eats that, or if you have a really good like single protein, like a chicken heart or something, I'll kind of jam that down in the bottom because that is just going to be like something that makes your dog want to work through everything to get to that because they can't get to it from the bottom, but they can kind of tell that it's there. So you want to put something super tasty. It will encourage them to finish their Kong. It will encourage them to have that um, attention span to like sit and focus and actually work on this for a while, um, which is really great for helping your dog kind of 
learn to self-soothe and calm themselves down and um, have some focused attention for a little bit. Um, and plus the, the licking of this is kind of a, a naturally calming activity as well. Um, so yeah, so we start with something super smelly and yummy and kind of gross at the bottom. <laughs> and then you can work your way up. And like I, I said, I love to use fresh fruits and vegetables um, as a supplement to my dog's diet. So as like you know, in a regular bowl, you could do it as like a little topper or you could throw it in your Kong, um, maybe right above whatever that tasty thing you put in the bottom was. And then usually I'll fill the bulk of it with like their actual food. So that was, you mentioned like the main course. Um, I'll just use like their actual food for this. And something that I think is important to mention to people is as you get into these um, stuffable food enrichment toys – it can end up being quite a lot of food in there. So you want to make sure that you're adjusting the rest of your dog's diet um, because you, you really don't want your dog to gain weight um, or or have any kind of obesity issues because that is going to negatively impact their health. And enrichment is all about positive impacts on their health. So we want to make sure that if you're giving them a, a nice loaded up Kong that you're going to kind of subtract something from dinner later so that they – um, are getting the correct portions throughout the day. Um, yeah, so so fill the bulk of it with like their regular food, and then you can top it with something that's also very enticing and exciting for them. Um, I've noticed my older dog, or actually they're the same age, but um, sometimes I think of Bert as being a little bit older because he's got all these gray hairs and he looks like an old man. Um, so I've noticed recently that Bert doesn't love how cold the Kong is when it comes right out of the freezer. Uh, and so sometimes I'll give it to them and he'll kind of take it and then put it down. And then next thing I know, he's he's back at my side again. And I'm like, what are you doing? I just gave you this whole thing. Uh, so I personally need to work on putting something really exciting, like right at the top of the stuffing so that um, – he is like, oh yeah, this is this is for me. I got to get into this, um, or maybe take it out a few minutes early so that it's not as cold and give it to him that way. Um, it's you know our dogs can't talk to us, so we just have to kind of observe and pay attention and and see what they like and and make adjustments from there. Oh, I can totally relate to that. Our, our dog Otis is the same way. I usually kind of set the food puzzle aside for a few minutes and then, then give it to him. Cause he's the same way. I always think about that. If they, they probably experience brain freeze like we do. And, you know, so who knows if it's that, or if it's the, the dental sensitivities or whatever it might be. So, and sometimes like actually with Otis, for instance, I, I actually noticed him starting to slow down on his food puzzles before now he's back at him with gusto and loves them. But that really gave me a good indication that, hey, like there might be something going on in his mouth. And sure enough, there were some some bad gum infections, like something you couldn't even really see. And so sometimes when our pets do slow down, you know, definitely noting that and, you know, seeing is, is there something up with that? So I think that the other cool thing about enrichment is that it, we do have that close connection with our pets. We notice those things that we might otherwise not even notice if we are just feeding them right out of the bowl. Yeah, one of the one of the biggest benefits of these of these enrichment activities and any kind of enrichment is that bond that you create with your dog. I I think that one of the biggest misconceptions I hear from a lot of pet parents is that they think that these enrichment 
games and puzzles and toys and stuff are like a babysitter for their dog, like giving their kid an iPad. <laughs> they just want to say, go do this, leave me alone, mama's got a Zoom or whatever. Um, but I don't really think that that's the best way to do it. I think that it's better if you're kind of involved in it because it deepens your bond with your pet. And and like I said, watching them enjoy things brings me so much joy. Uh, it helps me live in the moment and be mindful of you know what's going on in my day and how much I I love my dogs and you know just appreciating them while they're here. So um, I. I kind of discourage people from using enrichment as a babysitter because you're missing out on so many benefits. So Tori, lastly, I was super excited when I found your recipe for dog gelatin homemade pill pockets. I had never heard of that idea before, and I thought that was so cool and a different take and something I definitely want to try with my own dogs. Can you talk about that and how you came up with this idea, how it worked with your dogs and any tips that you might have? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite recipes, and I should probably make some as soon as we're done with this because it's just there's so many health benefits to it. It's yummy. My dogs just go crazy for it. But practically for me, it's great because it's a it's a pill pocket, which is basically a way of saying I can kind of jam some pills in there and, and get my dogs to eat them easily. Although, like I said, <laughs> I have Labradors, so they'll pretty much eat anything you give them, including a gross, bitter pill. But <laughs> this does make it a little bit more fun. So um, Bert is my rescue dog who I said he's special needs senior rescue. He came to me with epilepsy. So he takes medication twice a day, every single day at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. And, you know, it's pretty easy in the morning. I, I put his pills in with his breakfast, um, but usually I feed the dogs dinner earlier than 7 p.m. And so every single day I was smearing peanut butter on a treat and I always had peanut butter on my fingers and then I'd get peanut butter in my hair. And it was just like always a mess. And um, and sometimes I would have you know friends or family come and help me if I couldn't be here at 7 p.m. And it was just it was just messy. And I was like, there has to be a better way to do this. Um, a lot of the pill pockets, pill pocket treats that you can buy at stores, I don't really like them. Um, I feel like they crumble really easily, so they don't really do the job. Um, Bert takes pills every single day, twice a day. So it would get very expensive also to keep buying those pill pocket treats. And I found that we needed more than one treat because each treat really was only for one pill. And um, so I would need like four treats a day. And sometimes they're individually packaged in like little plastic, so it's not very eco-friendly either. So um, there was a lot of reasons why we wanted to come up with kind of a, a different idea. So I came up with the idea to make these gelatin treats, um, basically doggy jello, but you can't use jello brand jello because it it often contains xylitol or sugar or other kind of dyes and things. So I buy plain beef gelatin. Uh, the brand is Great Lakes Gelatin. If anyone wants to look it up, it's a, it's a great high quality gelatin powder. It will last you so long. I don't think I've ever <laughs> repurchased. I think I've had the same canister for so long because it lasts a really long time. You only need a little bit. Um, and so basically you make it like you're making jello or jello shots, depending on what kind of person you are. <laughs> um, and I just use uh, pumpkin puree or bone broth 
And those are those are the two kind of like they turn out the best and I think the dogs like them the best. But I also got kind of experimental with it. You know, I've made them with bananas and peanut butter and yogurt. One time I made beet ones because beets have lots of great health benefits. They're very heart healthy. Um, and my dogs did not like the beet gelatin. <laughs> Treats. They gave you good feedback. <laughs> yeah. It was like one of the only things I've ever made for them that they were like, no, this is too far. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically you you take – with Jello, you take something that's very hot and boiling and then something that's cold. You mix it together and you let it set up in the refrigerator for a couple of hours and that's it. So I would maybe um, heat up some water or some bone broth. And then mix the gelatin with something cold, like cold water or cold bone broth, um, whatever recipe you feel like making. And then you combine them and let them set up in some like silicone molds is the easiest way to get them out. And plus then they're nice and small. And I actually put more gelatin in them than the recipe usually calls for because it just makes them a little bit like more gummy texture than like a thin jello. Uh, and then I can just kind of like smush in Burt's pills. And I, I noticed when I started giving the dogs these gelatin treats that their poops were also a much better consistency um, because gelatin just has, you know, it's like taking collagen, which is a, an, another kind of hot supplement for pets right now. Um, but I think gelatin's cheaper. <laughs> Uh, and so I think it had great digestive benefits for them and it's also good for their joints as well. I actually, so another recipe of yours that I was super interested in was the smoothie for both you and your pet and it had (laughs) collagen powder in it. And I was like, I have never heard of that, like for people or for pets. So, and I did not realize it was a hot supplement for pets. That's so interesting. It's a hot supplement for for people and for pets. I've seen it kind of popping up in some different um, brands. And if I can make a confession, I will also admit that I put the dog, like the beef gelatin that I was just talking about, I started pouring it in my coffee in the morning. <laughs> really? <It's, laughs> that sounds so bad. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds it really gross, especially when you say it's like beef. I'm like, I've been putting beef in my coffee. Um, but no, it's, uh-huh. unf- it's totally unflavored. Um, yeah. And it's supposed to be great for your joints and your hair and your skin and your nails and all this kind of stuff. Um, my mom told me that like when she was growing up that um, they would kind of mix like Knox gelatin is like another brand of gelatin mm-hmm. um, to make their like nails stronger, their nails better. Um, so I guess it's kind of like an an old fashioned eat. I don't, my mom would be so mad if I said wow. that, but um, an older kind of trick like hack. Um, And so I also, you know, I'm always giving the dogs all these great joint supplements. And I was like, maybe I should also be taking a joint supplement. So I started putting gelatin in my coffee. How how has it, have you noticed any benefits? Yeah, I think so. um, Because I do get, um, I've broken my wrists and my ankles and stuff doing like snowboarding and different things over the years. Mm -hmm. And so I do get um, just like pain in my, in my wrists, especially. And I, I do think that the gelatin is helping. Um, It's one of those things that it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it doesn't hurt. (laughs) 
Did, did you get better nails? That's one thing. I have the worst nails. My daughter was telling me the other day, she's like, do you chew your nails? I'm like, no, I just, I have literally never been able to grow good nails. Like it just might help. Cursed. You know what? Um, my nails used to grow in with like ridges um, kind of in them mm -hmm. and now they're smooth. So um, Ooh, maybe, maybe gelatin, it's the gelatin. I love it. Well, that's another great tip. So lastly, I would love to hear a couple of tips for other things that you might put in your pet's food puzzle. So we talked a little bit about potentially some of those supplements. I know that you are a big fan of sardines and you also had some other healthy uh, fruits and veggies and other types of soft binders that you might put in there. Can you talk about some of your favorite ones that you like to use? Yes. Um, so I, I have to talk about sardines because I think this is something a lot of people don't use. Um, so it's kind of mm -hmm. like a, a best kept secret. Um, but a can of sardines, and I don't want to, <laughs> I feel like I sound like um, such a like penny pincher, but you know, raising a dog these days, guys, it gets expensive. Um, and so mm -hmm. I'm always looking, and especially with two big dogs, I'm always looking for the most bang for my buck. So buying a can of sardines, uh, you want to look for the ones that are in water with no salt added, um, which I find easily attractive. Trader Joe's. Um, you can find anywhere, any local grocery store probably. Um, and so I, the, the can of sardines is wonderful for the dog. So depending on the size of your dog, you can give them, you can open up the can and give them a half of a sardine or a whole one. Or if you have a really big dog, you can give them a whole can maybe or half a can. I usually split it between Bert and Lucy. And we don't do this every day. Um, but it can be something that goes on a lick mat or in a topple or it can just be a food topper. And then sometimes I'll just – like I said, I have like leftovers sitting around. I might take one of my silicone ice cube molds and put in a little bit of plain Greek yogurt, <laughs> a little bit of sardines, um, maybe like, you know, at the end of the treat bag, you've got like the little treat dust and the little crumbs left over. I sprinkle that oh, on yeah. top like it's like sprinkles and then I just totally. freeze the whole thing. And um, and it's just like a nice, cool, refreshing, healthy snack to give the dogs in the afternoon. Um, sometimes I'll take those little ice cubes and you can put them in different toys. Like I love the – I think it's the Planet Dog Snoop. Um, and it's that mm -hmm. thing that's like dome-shaped kind of. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a great toy for popping in one of these tasty ice cube popsicles. And – and then sending the dogs outside because I, I I will tolerate the coconut oil on my floor, but I don't want sardine juice on my floor. So <laughs> yes, I'll send them so outside. You have to draw the line somewhere, right? <laughs> I mean, the line is goes pretty far in my house, but I don't want sardine <laughs> <too>. juice. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I, you know, it's funny. I actually have designated dog blankets or certain areas. I try to encourage them to go. So they have their little fear-free fortresses, these little – open carriers, their crates that they can go in or certain areas, like I'll put like a, a, a blanket, for instance, on a, on the couch or something like that. But yeah, sometimes they can get a little messy, but that does seem to help a little bit is setting up that area. And especially those that have that, the kind of waterproof bottom where it doesn't soak through, those are kind of my go-to. So I invested in just a couple of those a few years ago and they are still lasting me. They well worth the investment. 
Yeah, I have so many dog towels and dog blankets and things like that. And sometimes I'm like, I should really kind of pare back and and donate some of these to the um, local animal shelter. But then I'm like, no, I I need all my dog towels. I like because we really do use them all the time. Uh huh. Me too. I'm right there too. And yeah, we just cycle through it. If it gets gross, then it goes over to the washer and then we just go through it. And no, I think that that's great. And, you know, animals really do. I know like when you talk about enrichment the, and encouraging them through different scents, I'd like your take on tea time. So I know you mentioned using a berry container that has some open slats or holes so they can easily smell and encouraging them to smell these different scents. And uh, actually, do you mind talking about that really sure. fast? I thought that was a cute idea. Yeah, this is a this is a really fun idea. And, you know, I'm always inspired when I hear from people. I had someone comment on my blog the other day that she has a 16-year-old blind chihuahua. And could he do a snuffle mat? And I was like, oh, my God, please make your dog a snuffle mat. Yes, because that would be like the perfect thing for your senior blind chihuahua to do that would like – be a great enrichment to their life. Um, And so I love coming up with things like this, like this tea time activity that um, you can do with dogs of all ages, but especially for dogs who have lost some of their mobility. Either um, they just can't get around as easy or they can't see or they can't hear or whatever it is. It doesn't mean that their life shouldn't still be exciting and fun and they shouldn't be exposed to new and different things. Um, And you don't always have to go on like some crazy adventure out in the world. Um, One of the things you can do is kind of bring the world to them with this tea time activity. So um, you can look in your cupboard and see what kind of teas you have on hand. Um, Some easy ones would be like green tea or chamomile, or I always have like some kind of ginger tea. And uh, open up one of the bags and I love to reuse my berry containers for this because they're, they have holes everywhere, but it's going to kind of keep the tea bag inside so your dog doesn't like chew on this or put it in their mouth or ingest it or anything like that. Not that I think it would be dangerous, but that's just not the point of this activity. <laughs> so we put the tea bag in the berry container and you can kind of shake it up to kind of get the, the scent going, but your dog's nose is very, very powerful. So um even just like that, they're going to be able to to sense it. And you just kind of just hold it out and just like – or put it on the floor. Just, just you know, present it to your dog and just let them sniff because it's so wild to think about. But like your dog might have never smelled chamomile before in their lifetime uh, or they might have never smelled peppermint or chai tea or whatever. And these are not things that your dog should really be consuming, but they can sniff it. Um, And it's just something really interesting for them. And our dogs really see the world through their noses. So when you think about it, exposing them to interesting scents is kind of like letting them watch a brand new movie. And they might like the movie, and they might not like the movie. And that's kind of part of the experience too. So if your dog is kind of backs away or is just not interested, then that's okay. Move on to a different scent or move on to a different activity. Um, but if they really respond to something, then maybe that's something you kind of want to work into their routine where every week it's like, hey, it's tea time, time for a tea break. And you break out the chamomile and just like let them sniff the chamomile. Um, it can be really rewarding for them. 
I, I really like that idea. And there was a study a little while back that looked at different scents with dogs, and it was like chamomile, valerian, ginger, coconut. I don't remember if vanilla was in there, but these scents were calming to pets. So in the shelter, dogs actually responded to it. And rotating it in and out too is super helpful and putting it on an item or in a place where they can choose to investigate and go closer, but also they don't have to. Like you said, if it's a movie that they aren't into, if it's the a tea time they're not into today, that's okay. They don't have to, to interact, but giving them those options, that's super important. And also having those familiar scents. I, I know that we talked a little bit about having like some of their old blankets and those things that have their scent on those on them. That's also really important for providing that familiarity and that comfort. And and to kind of close out, I'd love your take on the, I think you call it the doggy burrito, but using something that has, a, you know, just something that, that you've worn or something that maybe is around like a blanket. Can you talk about how we could also use that as a form of enrichment? Yes. I love, I love this. We're touching on like all of like the greatest hits enrichment edition. Um, awesome. So I had a great time digging into it. So it's cool <laughs> to be able to talk through it with you. Good. I, I really appreciate you like, r- you know, really looking at all the stuff I've shared. Someone's looking at it. That's <laughs> great. Oh, I loved um, it. There's so much. Thank you. Yeah. So like you mentioned, the, the doggy burrito or the treat burrito um, is just a kind of name that I call this game where you can take a, a t-shirt or a tea towel or a dog towel or a blanket or whatever you want. Um, I usually try to use things that are um, you know, rel- relatively clean. Uh, and I lay it out flat and then I just kind of place a line of treats and then I roll roll it up a little bit. Then I do another line of treats and I roll it up a little bit. Or you could use your dog's food um, or if they really love like um, little carrots or little apple pieces, you could put that in there as well. Uh, and you can roll it up and depending on how advanced your dog is, you could kind of tie it in a knot um, or you could just kind of leave it rolled up flat as like a roll and just encourage your dog to uh, play with it. And this is another game where it's really important for you to kind of be doing it with your dog. So like you're not going to stick your nose in there and eat their treats, but they might need a little encouragement of like, here, like nudge your nose, open this up. Um, There's things in there because it is all wrapped up. So at first they might be like, what do you want me to do <laughs> with this? Um, so it's good to encourage them. And as they find stuff, you know, you can, um, you know, tell them good job and good girl and and encourage them to kind of keep going. And um, it's just another really inexpensive five-minute DIY enrichment activity. Like I said, there's so many things out there that are cheap and easy and quick. And, you know, instead of just at the end of the day when you're tired, instead of just going and sitting on the couch or whatever or or going out or something like that, just spend like five minutes doing any one of these things that we talked about with your dog and it will bring so much satisfaction to your dog and it will bring you so much joy. You might find that you're not so tired and burnt out after you watch your dog play for a few minutes. Oh my gosh. So well said. Well, thank you so much, my enrichment queen friend. And I would love to have you back again in the future. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. And this is my favorite topic to talk about. So always happy to share more ideas. Thank you for joining us for Happy Paws. We hope you continue tuning in every two weeks as we explore more about your pets. 
Make sure you subscribe to avoid missing out on any of our upcoming Happy Paws episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you took a minute and left us a review. For more content like this and much more, visit us at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Our music is by 310. That's the number 3, the word 1, and the word O. Follow them on Instagram at 310official and listen to them on Spotify or wherever else you find your music. 